Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 130th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm just fine Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Producer Cameron just like he really gets into that like episode number every time I feel like he just starts nodding like oh yeah 130. It's I like, didn't know anyone noticed that. Oh I noticed. Blown away every time. Yeah. Sometimes I do a little. Oh, yeah. Just you start feeling the good vibes when you hear that number. It's been doing this a while. It's pretty awesome. Kyle, I'm doing well because the uh, the weather is truly beautiful in Springfield, Missouri. Yeah. Sometimes you, I am lying. I I'm just like say, flat yeah. out lying when I say that. You but, weren't lying today. Yeah. It's We went from, I mean, we, we were probably what, like 50 degrees warmer or even maybe more than yeah. we were this time last week. Yeah. Yeah. All, when all that snow melted in like, you know, two seconds, it kind of created a few swamps in certain areas, but we're all dried out now. Everything's great. Ready for summer. I'm just kidding. We'll enjoy the in-between season. Gotta enjoy the in-between. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't get ahead of yourself here. I wouldn't. Uh, well, Kyle, we got, uh, we got quite a bit to talk about today. Um, before we get into that, just want to give a thanks to all of our listeners um we've been shouting out the youtube viewers lately and just don't i don't want the audio only listeners to forget the ogs we love you whatever podcast service you're listening on we really appreciate it and um uh, don't forget to leave us a review on any of those services you might be using to listen to us we would surely appreciate it and don't forget we have a patreon page patreon.com slash Missouri Sports Pod. You can support us over there if you would like. Kyle, we got a new defensive backs coach. Yes, we do. That's the only news I have for today, so we'll really relish in it. Yeah, I mean, that happened pretty quick. I mean, we were talking about David Gibbs departing last week mm-hmm. and uh, already have a new hire today, which actually I think was made official yesterday. Uh, Aaron Fletcher from Tulsa. He was there for six years, which is actually I'm not 100% sure if he was there for six years in that DB coach role or if he was in other roles but either way uh, in this world of uh, coaching uh, six years is a pretty long time to stay anywhere even for head coaches that can be a long time yeah so um, you know he seemed like a really really interesting guy and he he wrote a letter I'm kind of thanking the city of Tulsa and the program for um, just being a great place uh, over the last six years of his time there and uh, was legitimately thankful for um, the experiences he's had. So that was pretty cool to get to see his perspective and uh, kind of reflect on his time there. So do we have the full uh, defensive coaching staff filled out now? I think we do. Wow. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Let's get some crews. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. If there's any any noticeable changes in their play next year, um. yeah, I know um, Mizzou's kind of targeted a different kind of defensive back recruit in the last couple of cycles. They've really tried to go after those tall, longer cornerbacks, and I know that was kind of a Ryan Walters thing, and maybe a Barry Odom thing. But so it'll be interesting how. I mean, obviously, that doesn't sound like a bad thing, but. Right. They were clearly that's like all of the that's the that's the measurables for all of the corners they had in this class, which there was mm-hmm. several of them, like four or five. So 
it'll be interesting to see what you know philosophy wise if that kind of fits what they want to do or if they'll maybe kind of try and target uh, a different kind of style um, in the future but that's what they've got right now i got a yep. lot of those kind of guys to work with yep i'm going to be looking forward to the pass rush that we've been hearing about from these new coaches hopefully they institute that and it works well for us that's all the news we've got so let's jump into missouri's win over south carolina they beat south carolina 93 to 78 nice little bounce back game for the tigers uh, drew smith had 17 points and seven assists uh, penson with 16 points mark smith with 13 kobe brown with 12 and then jeremiah tillman in his return uh, 17 points and notably seven for seven from the free throw line yeah i think it was five for five from the field too perfect game perfect game um yeah i I didn't really know how to react to this game obviously it was great to see missouri blow somebody out um they really didn't seem to have any difficulty whatsoever with south carolina on the road that's at the end of the year that's a great thing that you want to see especially bouncing back from a couple of tough losses uh missouri easily beat south carolina both times they played them they match up well with them and south carolina has had a terrible season Mm -hmm. like it's just a lost year for them uh frank martin has been struggling with his health and their players have been in and out and they've they've played half the amount of games as anybody else and so uh, i feel like they haven't played as bad as you would expect right yeah for all those against missouri they haven't they haven't played super well but they have played well against other teams so um, they've obviously got some good pieces like yeah Keishon Bryant and AJ Lawson. AJ Lawson's a great player, and he's averaging what, like 18 points a game. I think he scored more than that. Right. Both of those Mizzou. guys should be back next year. Yeah, yeah, they've got pieces. They just have obviously they've clearly been through a lot. It's been a weird year for them. So uh, Missouri should blow out a team that's going through struggles like that. You have this like tone of your voice, like um, something else happened that dampened no, your spirits i no, i can't possibly think of anything else okay that uh is that happened maybe like three days after that all right well okay we'll see if we can bring something <laughs> like that up um yeah aj lawson had 22 in this game uh he was 11 sorry uh, four for 11 from three um as a team missouri uh had 1.26 points per possession i think that was one of their best on the season i was looking back at some of their previous high marks um, with that specific statistic. And Kimpom doesn't actually track that one um, specifically, but just offensive efficiency. Uh, I was reminded of a few fun games. So one of them being the Oklahoma game that I attended in 2012. Oh, We've man. talked about that one a few times. Didn't they win by about 40? Yep, and that's the, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, fifth highest offensive efficiency in the Kim Palm era for Missouri and the only one in that top five that is a conference game I believe that was their first conference game of the season that year correct and that was a fun year and then another one that was right up there was a South Carolina game in 2013 and I actually have the box score from that one Jabari Brown was your Kim Palm MVP but he didn't even have the highest offensive rating on the team with a 166 because Alex Oriaki had a had an offensive rating of 184. Oh my. Which is just kind of unheard of. 18 points, perfect from the field, perfect from the free throw line. Probably like 12 rebounds too. 
he uh he didn't actually play that many minutes surprisingly so it wasn't kind of like a, him. a monster game uh all around for him but a classic phil pressy nine points or sorry nine assists zero point game in like just a blowout win wow but uh this one this one didn't quite reach that level but still an incredible offensive performance for missouri they were due for one and at least we hoped they were because it yeah. had been a struggle recently. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina just wasn't creating the pressure to stop Xavier Penson getting in the lane. I feel like that's really kind of the key to how well Missouri's offense is going to work, unless they're just shooting lights out threes, which can kind of bail them out. They did of, shoot 45% in this one. Sometimes I feel like that can bail them out of bad possessions, but other times, I f- but I really feel like the, the key is how well Xavier Penson can uh, penetrate the lane, and he was able to do that pretty well in this game, obviously uh, scoring and feeding it to Tillman both. Yeah, so they were, uh, as a team, they were 64% from two and nine for 20 from three, and then also a good day uh, from the free throw line. Obviously, we mentioned Tillman, but uh, 16 for 19 overall on free throws. Um, there's there something I was going to say about Penson. Yeah, just his, his ability to convert at the rim yeah. is huge because if he's getting in there and uh, we'll get to that uh some of that type of stuff here in a minute but if he's getting in around the rim and just kind of like tossing it up there and like hoping for a foul and that kind of thing then it doesn't work as well when he's being crafty and getting it up off the backboard um and you know it just he's so dynamic when he's doing that and this just showed um the offensive performance definitely surprised me. The fact that they were able to kind of do it all in this game. I wish they would have maybe saved a little bit for the next one, but I do stand by the fact that South Carolina scoring 78 points. That's not quite where you want to be if you're Missouri and probably a little bit of that came in garbage time. And sometimes an opponent will, you know, score a few extra baskets when the game's out of reach, but Mm-hmm. Um, I think my actual prediction for this game was a Mizzou win that was way too close for comfort, comfort 79-78. And I said that South Carolina would score more points than we were comfortable with. So I still don't like the fact that we gave up 78 points. But obviously, if you're scoring 93, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, sometimes. But I, that 93, it just feels unsustainable right. for Missouri. Oh, for sure. And sometimes I think when when players know and I, and I think mizzou knew in this game they could score at will because south carolina's defense wasn't able to keep up sometimes whenever you know you know we're going to be able to score enough to win this game you probably don't play as good a defense as you you know might against uh, a better opponent but still i agree 78 points seems like a lot um to give up to south carolina um south carolina did have a, a little bit of a run um they cut the lead to 7, 59, 52 with about 10 minutes left. Uh, and knowing uh, Mizzou's second half struggles, especially in conference season, I was I was a little bit worried. I was getting uncomfortable. But they turned it on, obviously, in that last 10 minutes. They went from 59 points to 93. So everything was fine. Everything looked good. Uh, one interesting stat I found, um, Missouri with 30 defensive rebounds fantastic but only three offensive rebounds Hmm. now that speaks a little bit to the fact that they were making a lot of shots but um i wanted to point out missouri in the sec now is dead last 14th in offensive rebound percentage and that's where i actually thought there was a strength there 
um, in the non-conference. Yeah, it's uh, there's nothing more frustrating than uh, the other team. Well, are you saying that Missouri didn't get Missouri, a lot of se- Missouri as an, as an offense does not get a lot of second chance right points? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, they are also they have also now dropped to dead last in free throw percentage in conference play. Fourteenth, and that's at sixty-eight percent. That's pretty bad. Yeah, we need uh, we need our guards to get fouled more. Seems like our it seems like the only people shooting free throws are our bigs, which is part of just getting the ball inside to them more. Yeah, which is what I definitely think is a good thing for Missouri's offense. But I don't know. Drew Smith has got to figure out how to get to the line. Xavier Penson's got to figure out how to get to the line more. If those guys are attacking. Um, we, we need them to be shooting free throws. Yeah, I mean, 19 attempts is not a ton, and seven of those were Tillman. And if he just shoots his... And he's not going to go seven for seven very yeah, often, If probably. he shoots his season average, that's if you're lucky, that's four out of seven. Yeah. But that was still a good win. Um, I mean, it's everything we could have asked for in a game against South Carolina. I, I think I knew coming into this game, like, okay, yeah, South Carolina's beaten down pretty bad this year. Uh, Missouri matches up well. They're probably going to come in here and win, uh, but don't don't get too high after this win. But I didn't. I wish I would have taken my own advice. And I think it's just the way Missouri won and how good they looked and how efficient they were. And Tillman coming back and looking fantastic. T- I think that was the big thing. Tillman coming back and was like that kind of just like oh man, that just felt good. Like Tillman's back. He's he's as good as ever. And um, everybody was scoring. Mark Smith scored in double digits in this game. Like, three for five from three and Torrance Watson even had a had a nice a game like it just felt like wow everybody we're, we're we're getting hot at the right time and I just I duped myself and um <laughs> just uh, I, I I believed that that we were back and that we were ready to uh to finish the season strong but I uh I think I was wrong I think a lot of people thought that a corner had been turned um unfortunately we seem to have just a terrible struggle with teams from Mississippi, specifically Ole Miss. And what is that? Like, I don't know. Ole Miss, like Mississippi State, like if we're playing these teams, like I just know we're gonna lose. There's yeah. just a pit in my stomach. Like, where is this not gonna? This is not gonna go well. We're gonna lose. It's gonna be the ugliest thing you've ever watched. Yeah, it's become the biggest thing for a Mizzou basketball season is like splitting with either one of these teams. If you've got a home and home with Ole Miss or Mississippi State and you get one of those as a win, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you're maybe going to win the SEC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I used to think like, oh yeah, split with Tennessee. Wow, that's a big deal. Split with Arkansas. That's what I'm talking about. None of that matters. You got to split with the Mississippi And schools. these teams, it's not like these teams are good. No. I just don't, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss is uh, a bubble team at best. I mean, they have to—they have work left to do to get onto the bubble, let alone be on the right side of it on Selection Sunday. Is uh, Conzo Martin and like Kermit Davis have some kind of like gentleman's agreement? Like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna help you guys get in the field this year. Like, we're gonna we're gonna lose oh, to you both man. times. Like, people—it's like these mediocre SEC teams are just taking turns, like punching us in the face, getting there, like getting their top 25 win just taking turns just knocking off a top 25 team well and Ole Miss now jumped ahead of Missouri in the SEC standards (laughs) yeah I know Missouri's like what the seventh seed now yeah they're sitting at 500 which 
uh, isn't that far away from no. uh, you know that that double buy that that top four seed, right. but it feels like a far away, especially with uh, the A and M game getting canceled this weekend. That's a, that's a nut. pretty much as easy of a win as you're going to get yeah. in conference season at home. Yeah. So you uh, you need those kind of games on your schedule, and Missouri's losing losing those games. It seems like so. So if you if you don't know yet, Missouri lost to Ole Miss sixty to fifty three, and this was maybe the worst basketball game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like it was horrendous. Oh yeah. I mean, it was really bad. There were stretches where neither team was, could score. They were all, both teams were just throwing the ball around, kicking the ball around, throwing up random, you know, there were shot clock violations. There was over and back. There was, you know, throwing the ball out of bounds. There were desperation shot clock heaves that like bounced off the top of the backboard. They, <laughs> Ole, Ole Miss was their offense was exactly what we needed it to be to yeah. win the game. Like I was like, you couldn't have asked for a better like uh, a you couldn't you couldn't have asked for a more perfect situation where Ole yeah. Miss scores sixty points. You're like, oh, easy win. I texted you before the game. I was looking at their loss to Mississippi State, and Ole Miss in that game shot forty four percent from two and 26% from three. And I said, that's the kind of thing we need tonight. (laughs) 44% from two, 26% from three. Against Missouri, uh, Ole Miss shot 41% from two, 27% from three. And one by seven. Oh, man. Yeah. I I, I just, the... So we got exactly what we needed from them on offense. Like, they were throwing up terrible shots most of the time. Like, Jarkel Joyner probably went back to earth and was probably who he normally is and was like shooting really basically taking the worst shot in basketball like the long two and missing it most of the time and uh like random power forwards like shooting threes and stuff like that and we held Romello White in, in check for the most part and you just you couldn't ask for something better than that and uh Missouri's offense was just way even worse than than it normally is and I don't know what it is. Is it that zone defense? I I, I think the I think it's the zone, and I I, I think Xavier Pinson, like I said, I, f- I feel like the key to our offense functioning well is you know him getting in and out of the lane and and, and creating and uh, getting to the rim or, or dishing it off or whatever it is. And whenever I feel like he just feels like he can't get to the rim in that in a zone defense, like he he doesn't attack like he w- would normally. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think I can put it all on the zone because they do enough little things. Like um, they'll bring Mitchell Smith up to the the high post area at the, around the free throw line, and they're pretty good at getting it to him. And he's good at um, distributing to some extent from that position. Mm-hmm. And Kobe was running that a little bit yeah. last night too, and tried to get it to Tillman a couple times. And yeah, I mean there was just some fumbled it out of bounds yeah there were some easy easy plays i mean tillman had a size advantage a couple times where and um the commentating crew was talking about like uh get it up to him get the ball up to him higher but i mean there was one where it just bounced right off his hands and went out of bounds and so there's not uh, much else you can do i mean he had a, a, a great size advantage the kobe i think tossed it up to him and it resulted in a turnover and I don't know what you're supposed to do there. I mean, they only had 13 turnovers, but it was 
such a it was a, a fairly low possession game so yeah. that was still 21 percent of their possessions yeah. were turnovers that's too much is uh i <laughs> i feels like there's been a lot of announcer criticism uh recently and probably justifiably so you've got was it the south carolina game we had the espn crew uh and uh jimmy dykes and uh carl Ravitch or whatever and they were like talking about literally anything except the mizzou game that they're supposed to be calling what are you going to do in a blowout though that's true i i I didn't have a huge issue with that it was whatever but i would take those two every day oh gosh me too obviously give me uh give me tom hart yeah um, for sure and sunvold where's he been it was was definitely like story time in a in a game that wasn't all that close or competitive so i i didn't think it was that big of a deal but damian fishback is another story i just can't i can't do it and it seems like it's he's always calling these like these games where we're playing some middling team in the middle of the week and we always lose maybe maybe he's the curse i think he is something there is a curse and i don't know what it is but there is something there's something going on yeah he had a few calls last night i was just was he trying to say that and now after a while i was kind of watching the game but i wasn't listening because i kind of tuned him out after a while am i right that he was trying to say missouri's defense is better without jeremiah tillman i don't have a good answer for you unfortunately i had i had muted it by that i should have it was that was pretty late in the game when you asked about that and i i don't have a good answer maybe somebody out there heard that more clearly or wants to brave their uh, replay of the game and if he really said that uh, if they want to brave the replay, yeah, don't, 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 don't you don't, you don't have to, to you don't have to do that. Um, if he really was saying that, which not only is he wrong, but it just seems like kind of a weird thing to say about a yeah. amateur athlete on a national broadcast. But anyways, terrible announcing, uh, terrible game. Oh, one thing that was bad about the announcing in the South Carolina game was they would take they took Kobe Brown and Keyshawn uh, Keyshawn uh, Bryant. <laughs> And they were mixing them together and forming Kobe Bryant. Yeah, the first time you said Kobe Bryant, I, don't, I think they both realized it. And there was like and a 10-second pause. Didn't know what to say. Like, uh, like, oh, yeah, if Kobe Bryant was on the floor, then yeah. like, it was just it was awkward. Yeah, like there's a lot. When you do something like that, you just go, ah, oops, I mean Kobe Brown. <laughs> but obviously you're watching a basketball game with a person named Kobe. Like That's going to that's gonna happen from time to time. I think yeah. it's understandable. And just so happened there's a bryant on the other team yes and there was a one moment where uh one of them said kobe and mistakenly i can't remember what exactly happened but one of them said bryant bryant's playing well and the other one thought kobe brown like in his head he turned it into kobe bryant (laughs) and started talking about number 24 in black and they had to be like, oh, no, I'm talking about Keyshawn Bryant for South Carolina. <laughs> like, oh, right. Yeah, the name that you actually said. <laughs> All right. That was uh, commentator criticism with yeah. Kyle and Cameron. I usually, okay, honestly, like, I don't really care that much about announcers. I'm, I'm genuinely, all I care about is what's on the screen. I'm watching the game and the announcers are completely secondary to me they make a good point great if not i really cares? a lot of times i'm not even listening that yeah. clo- uh, really that closely but when it starts getting pointed out on twitter and when it's damien fishback and i'm already just like l- listening with a critical ear then you you hear everything uh it's more amplified but starting to become a segment right <laughs> well i mean the sec network 
crews, man. Like just sometimes they're really not. Well, they've, and they're calling it from they've home. Sent the, and, uh, they've sent the good ones up to ESPN, I apparently. Guess. I had wondered a few times where Jimmy Dykes was, and turns out he got called up to the big leagues. So you got to have that prime position for him to call your game from home. Uh, I mentioned that Missouri ha- scored 1.26 points per possession against South Carolina. That dropped to 0.85 points per possession against Ole Miss. So uh, I thought I'd look back at some of the worst offensive performances in the Kimpom era for Mizzou. So if we're looking at offensive efficiency, the worst one on record is the 2050 uh, January 2015 game against Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> that was a 49 point loss and Missouri scored 37 points. Um what year was that? 2013? Uh 15. I mean 15? Yeah. Uh was January. I think 15. we talked about this recently. Was this Carl Anthony Towns year, Devin Booker year? I think so. Or maybe uh yes. Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Harrison Twins, Willie Cauley Stein. It's a decent college squad. Trey Lyles, Dakari Johnson, Tyler Ulis. Good grief. Derek Willis, Marcus Lee. Pretty good team they had there in Lexington that year. Uh, another one was another uh, low point was the same year, uh, 2015 against Georgia. Missouri scored 44 points in that one. I don't even remember that game, to be honest. And then uh, I was trying to find a, a more recent one, a 2017 Texas A&M game. They scored 43 points, lost that one 60-43 to 43 at home. So, obviously, the Cam Anderson era is all over that uh, offensive efficiency, uh, the downside of the offensive efficiency chart. We went through three years of that. <laughs> Yeah, like think, think how bad we feel right now. Yeah, which in comparison, I mean, we're still going to make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, we, we are, wouldn't have been able to have a podcast back then. Who no. would have, who would listen? Like we're going to struggle to get people to listen to us talk about this Ole Miss game, we're, and we're going to have some fun with it. That would have been not fun at all no. talking about those. Seasons. Well, there's actually like hope. But we for would the actually future. do it though. You and I in our like private lives, Basically. we would still just like talk about. Kim Anderson era Mizzou basketball like weekly <laughs> and that's when you know you have a problem that's when you know you need a podcast <laughs> right um so I mentioned earlier in the South Carolina game the, the South Carolina made a little run to cut it to 59-52 with about 10 minutes left so Missouri had 59 points in that game with about 10 minutes left in the Ole Miss game Mizzou answered an Ole Miss run with a 15 to 2 run to tie the game at 39 points with 11 minutes left in the game so 20 fewer points how do you go on a 15 to 2 run in a game where there's this low scoring this low possessions and still lose because Ole Miss went on a 14 to 2 run right before that but uh yeah the teams were tied at 39 and that was after both teams had gone on nice little runs it was just, I mean, it was awful to watch. I mean, they, and actually the teams, the first five minutes, the teams were scoring pretty well. And I thought, you know, we're going to have to do something on defense because Ole Miss is scoring a little bit too easily. 
Yeah, I, I think Ole Miss kind of stiffened up on defense for sure. Uh, they just they're they're frustrating, man. They they're really really good on defense, and they take away Missouri strength, and that's getting in the lane, and that's scoring down low. They completely minimize that part of Missouri's game, and uh, I don't know. I if I just there's such a bad matchup, and I feel like Missouri either has to figure out a way to attack the zone better or they got to shoot threes better and that's pretty much your only two options yeah almost jumped up to 16th nationally in defensive efficiency after that game yeah i, I believe that they're they're really that good um as far as anybody who could do anything on offense for missouri mark smith um three for six from three you like to see that so he had 11 points uh absolutely nobody getting to the line only shot 11 free throws yeah the referees were really which is i guess for the flow of the game is good but they were really they were really (laughs) they were really uh people were getting getting hacked at times in this game and and wasn't getting called there i don't think either team reached the bonus in either half yeah almost shot 19 but uh 19 free throws but some of that was late game fouling Mm -hmm. um yeah missouri this missouri team's not going to win a lot of games when they only get to the line 11 times although we've seen this season for some reason they in conference play they've been unable to convert from the free throw line i need to look and see like total free throws attempted or like free throws attempted per game this year compared to last year because that's got to be way down this year so maybe they're just like not shooting enough of them to get comfortable at the line (laughs) you wouldn't think so um trying to think of any other even slight bright spots kobe brown's still been looking good um he a lot of times is doing everything he can um javon pickett i was about to say uh is he hurt i think so why is he playing at all i don't know and he he shouldn't be because clearly his ankle's still bothering him and i i know he just wants to be out there and compete but i really think he's hurting the team when he's out there his minutes played are very strange over the last seven or eight games two minutes 17 8 21 16 5 so three games in there over 15 minutes and three games under nine don't quite understand what's going on there Missouri going to bounce back from this one? What do you mean? Like beat the, win their next game? If they're playing Texas A&M, I'd say yes. All right. Let's talk about that. Unless you have anything else to talk about this I, Ole Miss game. I, I just I, – I wish that I wouldn't have bought the lie that they were – that all things were good in the world and this – I don't know, man. Um, I still feel like there's an element of like it just this, – this, this is fine. It doesn't like – kill our season we still what the we fact look, that it was Ole Miss actually makes me feel a little bit better yeah, even it's just, just because we of, match up terribly yeah. and we have a history of this we've still had an incredible season um I definitely hope to be in a better yeah incredible season is a little strong we've had a we've had a really good season better than expectations and uh, better than Missouri's had in years past but uh, c- considering where we were at one point in the season, definitely where we're going to finish is not as good as anyone had hoped. But I don't know. Sometimes a little adversity is uh, makes can make things that happen later on feel a little bit more special. So 
we'll see i'd be down for feeling special um <laughs> so missouri was supposed to play texas a&m this weekend i mean as close to an automatic win as you can get i don't think texas a and played a game since january they're just like yeah we're just gonna get covid and be done with the season gosh um there this is what a lot of teams a lot of losing teams in the past have wished they could get covid and be done with the season so duke thought they wanted to like at the beginning of this now they're randomly i feel like the past week or two has been really good for those struggling blue blue blood programs yeah. like kentucky destroyed tennessee duke and north carolina michigan state beat illinois mm-hmm. yesterday yeah some of those programs are fighting back a little bit yeah is indiana blue blood mm. like historically probably yeah, but i guess recent memory not i don't know yeah they've they been, been good in three four years and even when they have they haven't done a lot in the ncaa tournament um anyway Texas A&M, yeah, 130 ranked Kempom team. We they, already destroyed them on the road, so I definitely wouldn't be too worried about playing them at home. Yep, they're not scary at all. And yeah, you're right. Their last game was January 30th. So, will they play another game this year? Nobody knows. Probably not. And then Missouri's got two other games hanging out there. Uh, home against they were supposed to have home games against LSU and Vanderbilt. And even if you're being as realistic as possible, you have to think that obviously Texas A&M and Vanderbilt are two wins. So, and I'll take my chances with this Missouri team against LSU, who doesn't play that great a defense. Yeah, but. and that's that's a quad one opportunity for yeah. sure. Win, win or lose, um, I definitely. And it's yeah, a home game. It, it, yeah, exactly. That's three home games that you're that you may or may not have on your schedule, and there's really not any chance for Missouri to get in that top four seed range in the SEC standings if they don't have those games on their schedule. Yeah, It's unfortunate that, that those are the opportunities that they lost. Well, they could still, there's still like a week between the end of the regular season and the SEC tournament where they could fit at least a, a game or two in maybe. But It worries me a little bit that there's not been any idea of a plan anywhere. Yeah, I mean, last time I heard anything about it was the SEC commissioner was attending a Mizzou game and they were interviewing him on the sideline and he said yeah we're we're looking at that week between the regular season and the SEC tournament I don't know a, why not yeah that's when you have to do it but he said we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and schedule stuff only to have to adjust it um, you know a second time which I understand but you know we're getting pretty close now mm-hmm. to the point where surely they're gonna be thinking about scheduling that that type of stuff mm-hmm and yeah missouri at this point you know you're somewhat i'm somewhat scared that they'll look worse the more games they play but if because we've seen how good they can be i want more games to get things tuned up and get back to that level yeah obviously we'll have the sec tournament to do a little bit of that yeah yeah we'll see what happens with those i mean I'd, i'd be happy to I'd be happy to get uh, two of those games on the schedule, and I honestly really wish that we could have played A&M this weekend just because yeah. I think that's good for for confidence, but maybe not with this team because once we once we win, we decided we were going <laughs> to lose the next game after that. So. so that brings us to Florida. So maybe Missouri will feel the pressure and show up on the road in Gainesville. Florida 
even without uh, Keontae Johnson, who obviously they've been without the majority of the season, um, they're solid. I don't quite understand why they don't have more wins than they do, honestly. Uh, I don't, even without um, Keontae Johnson, I feel like they should be battling for number two in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So they've slipped up a few times, uh, notably uh, against Kentucky and Mississippi State, and then inexplicably against South Carolina at home. Uh, they dropped that one. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So uh, Florida is 26th in Ken Palm. They're 12 and 6 on the season, 8 and 5 in conference play. They uh, are 34th on offense, 28th on defense. And in conference play, they're third in offensive efficiency, fifth in defensive efficiency. Uh, looking back at their non-conference schedule, they dropped one to Florida State. That would have been a good opportunity, but they lost it by 12. Um, they had three wins against uh, 125 teams and up. Yeah, they've been a little bit all over the place this year, and they I think they've had a couple of different COVID breaks. Um, that they've probably lost some non-conference games, and I think one of the breaks was during conference season two but yeah when i really when i think about as a whole what just off the top of my head what i feel like florida's accomplished this year should be better than fourth or fifth or whatever they are in the sec standings but uh and you look at their main contributors i mean trey man is fourth in ken palm's uh player of the year uh, sec player of the year standings and they got him colin castleton obviously the transfer from michigan and um Noah Locke, Scotty Lewis, you know, names that we've heard before. Uh, Locke shooting 40% from three on the season. Um, I just think they have a squad that can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. And if they had Keontae Johnson healthy, then I think they're really competing with Alabama, and it'd be those two and everybody else. Well, we thought that that was going to be Tennessee at the beginning of the season, too, so. You never know with when the games are actually getting played, especially in a weird season like this. Yeah, Tennessee is just, I think, too offensively challenged to keep up every single night. But I really do think, uh, you know, Florida's offense is is as good as anybody in the SEC. And I think that's what gives them that ability, that high ceiling that they have to really beat anybody is uh, really on any given night. Yeah, they can they can just go off and they have so many guys that can that can shoot efficiently. Yeah, looking at some of their advanced metrics, uh, one thing that stands out to me is they are third in the country in block shots. Hmm. So I'm a little worried that Missouri's <laughs> going to get their shot. Yeah, that, that doesn't match up well. Um, I was watching Florida and Auburn play a couple nights ago, and Florida was destroying Auburn really from the beginning of the game, but they were just forcing so many turnovers in that first half that I was watching. I don't know if that's a trend that they've done all year or not, but Auburn may just kind of be done with their season two. Yeah, they got that postseason ban. Um, and I'm not seeing Cooper on the box score here. Sharif Cooper, is he out? Oh, really? I didn't even I didn't I don't even know. So I was about to be really impressed that they held Auburn to fifty seven points well, with that makes Sharif sense. Cooper, but he's not on the box score. But, uh, yeah, Auburn turned the ball over 21 times, which was 30% of their possessions. Wow. Missouri's impressed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
obviously yeah, I, I, I kind of like Florida. I think that they're just as likely as anybody to make a run in the SEC tournament. Yep. They're just pretty well-rounded and they can score multiple ways. Castleton inside is very efficient and Trey Mann and Noah Locke can both hit threes at a pretty high clip. Yeah, I think Trey Mann had about 15 points in the first five minutes of this game against Auburn. He was making it from everywhere. He's just a sh- uh, sophomore, too. So really? Hopefully he finds his way to the NBA sooner <laughs> rather than later. Would you like to get paid, son? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not feeling great about this one for Missouri. It just doesn't seem like... With the way things are going... This is such a bizarre team. How do well, you? Everything you're saying makes me think they're going to pull off a win somehow. Like <laughs> exactly ev- the fact that literally everything doesn't make sense. So yeah, I guess they'll go ahead and win. But it, I don't know. I feel like if Florida was like ranked like 12th in the country, and like then i would say like oh yeah missouri's gonna maybe pull the upset here and that would be like a nice little trendy upset pick but the fact that their record is is ugly and they're not ranked and they've stumbled a few times but i still think they're really underrated and really really talented i think that's a perfect recipe to just like destroyed this is a a beatable team but they're they're actually good and have just underperformed so they're probably going to step it up yeah what kind of notoriety are we going to get for beating florida not as good as beating alabama so we're not gonna (laughs) we're not gonna play our best game I'm getting I'm getting a little cynical here. <laughs> it's frustrating. It is. Um, I think Missouri drops it. Yeah. I think they probably even just predicting how many points Missouri will score is an impossible task this season. Well, you mean scoring the 93 versus South Carolina and then following it up with 53 points isn't isn't weird or inconsistent at all? I, I agree. I think uh, I think Missouri loses to Florida. I think it's not terribly competitive. I think they lose 76-63. I think maybe if they can – if they could maybe get Castleton in, in foul trouble, then they would potentially have a, an advantage down low. I'm I'm looking for maybe for Kobe Brown to continue his good play because um, I think they may have a weakness at the four spot without Keontae Johnson. Um, I still think Missouri loses, but I think it'll be maybe relatively close, maybe something like 78 to 74 Florida. Need some shots to fall from anywhere on the court. Yeah, uh, need need Pinson to come back. I, we just need him to play decently. Like the what he did last night: two points on one of five from two, zero from four from three point range. Didn't yeah. attempt a free throw. Like that. Just we're not going to beat very many teams uh, with Pinson having that kind of night. Um, he's just he's got to attack and he's got to draw fouls and, and get other players involved. He's I, like I've said, I, I really think he's he's the key, especially to beat a team that's probably more talented than than you are. I, Xavier's got to be a big big part of that. 
bracketology time. I got some breaking news. Yeah. Oh, that I'd hear. like to present to you. Okay. Uh, some kind of a funny little Twitter interaction with a guy named uh, Coach Eli Drinkwitz. I think yeah. you guys, you're probably familiar. I've heard of him. Uh, kind of a funny little Twitter interaction that happened uh, just out of the blue. Uh, this guy named Nathan on Twitter, he's at NPS Mizzou, tweets at Coach Drinkwitz out of the blue and just says, I could really use a big recruiting win right now. Pretty please. And uh, Coach Drinkwitz actually responds to him and says, give me a few minutes and uh, see what we can make happen. And so I thought he was just kind of being sarcastic. But, yeah. uh, nope, we've got a commitment on our hands here for the uh, – actually for the 2021 class. And I don't, okay. we don't know who it is yet, but he's just sent out the bat signal for the 2021 class. So uh, thank you, Nathan, for um, bringing up the idea that maybe Missouri could get a commitment. And uh, thank you, Coach Drinkwitz. <laughs> They're in cahoots, I say. I don't think they are. I think maybe. I mean, that could that could certainly. That's pretty. That's pretty. It's I mean, pretty random. Like we haven't gotten any news in a it's while. Pretty high IQ of Coach Drinkwitz if he's like, you know, hey, tweet this. Like, <laughs> like shoots out shoots a text message to somebody he knows. Like, hey, ask about ask about recruiting. He's already on God level. Like, I don't. <laughs> he can't possibly get any any better. Um, ask about recruiting, and oh, I've got something for you. <laughs> that's pretty great if that wasn't planned that's the greatest thing yeah and we'll never know but it's yeah. pretty funny anybody who's reporting on that and whatever this commitment is you gotta gotta make sure to mention our guy nathan yes thank you nathan thanks for that breaking news bulletin yeah i wish i could tell you who it is i don't know yet we'll find out a breaking news bulletin <laughs> now we're back to bracketology yes it's getting worse worse every day back to bad bad stuff um worse every day let's see when joe lenardi last updated his bracket and you tell me kyle what your updated uh, bracket looks like for the missouri tigers uh I w- well i probably would have been a six seed on his most recent update which probably would have been before this this game last night oldness game uh i man um i think they're i think they're a seven seed right now um and after losing to Florida, and if they have a bad showing in the SEC tournament, I mean, they could be anywhere from the 8 to 10 range, which is crazy. Considering when you look at their resume, they probably have one of the better resumes in the country as far as who the team, the quality of teams they've beaten. But. Yeah, they were, you're right. They were a six seed, according to Joel Lenardi, before the Ole Miss game. And on Bart Torvik, he has that oof he's got him at a nine. Oh, and right. bart torvik is usually pretty favorable yeah for mizzou he's got their their overall ranking at 39 which is better than kim pom kim pom's like 51 yeah yikes let's just see what happens since there's just one game left on the published schedule let's see what happens if i turn this florida game into a win let's oh. go see what bart torvik thinks about that should I not? Is that too? Uh, you can. I? It'll bump them up to an eight, probably. Playing with fire a little bit. Bumps them up to an eight. What happens if they lose? If they lose, he's got them. Drum roll. Drop into a ten. I mean, uh, it's a good thing the season isn't much longer because we might be entering bubble territory. <laughs> Two weeks ago, we were a four seed, according to the selection committee, the actual people who yeah. will decide the bracket. Now, it's worth mentioning, I believe at that exact moment, 
when the selection committee had Missouri at a four, I believe Bart Torvik had him at a six. Okay. Like the very first six seed on his list. So that's a pretty noteworthy discrepancy. Yeah, I still I still don't feel terrible about where Missouri's going to end up seed-wise, but they really do have to – they've got to pull off a win against Florida or they have to win at least two games in the SEC tournament. Um, and I think they can still hang on to a – six seven seed if they're if they really impress i think they can they can stay and we got to see what happens with these games that could be rescheduled that's true yeah they they could still get two more two or three more wins in the regular season if we're if we're uh lucky yeah but i think anybody any you got to have them at a at an eight right now if the if the season ended today and i think obviously they could easily play themselves incredibly they could play themselves onto the bubble um and they could still play themselves into a six i think what if uh okay that first let's say missouri ends up around seven or eight seed in the sec tournament uh what kind of team are they potentially looking at in a first well i guess it would be first round game I mean, they're probably playing uh, Georgia, uh, South Carolina. I would hope South Carolina. I mean, seriously, think about the difference between those yeah. two teams. Good grief. I mean. That's such a that's just such risky territory. We could be playing a Mississippi State team, depending on where they end up. Uh, it just, that doesn't sound great for a first-round game in the SEC tournament. That sounds terrifying. And I just, I would almost rather play arkansas or something yeah. <laughs> just like i don't know it does kind of feel like that i'd rather yeah that's like I'd rather play yeah arkansas LSU. lsu like somebody that hasn't seen missouri yet yeah i mean anything except for old miss or mississippi state please yeah. anybody besides those two teams and basically give me a missouri they're matching up better against teams that are good on offense and and struggle on defense because Missouri just can't score on these elite defensive teams. But yet, they're sitting there with wins over Tennessee, Alabama, and Illinois. Yeah. I think this is a mystery. This is a mystery of a season. It really is. It's weird. It's been a roller coaster. It's been inconsistent. It's uh, And there's lots of fan bases kind of feeling the same way. Sure. I mean, I mean that's, think about what Tennessee fans are feeling That's the nature right of college basketball yeah. is it's, I mean, it's all over the place. And that's what makes it fun is it's unpredictable. Um, but it, it's just like Missouri, and especially Xavier Penson, like kind of forgets that like, oh, yeah, we're good now. We beat some good teams. We're, we're going to get teams the best shot. We've got yeah. a target on our back. Uh, I'm going to show up on the scouting report now teams like they have film of of what i've been doing i can't just keep doing the same things over and over and over and expect to never see any resistance like people are going to figure you out and so xavier pence and 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 other players on on missouri's team has to have to figure out how to get over that hump now they have to realize this is what i've done but this is how i got to change to to be better and it seems like they're not ready to have that conversation and haven't come to grips with oh yeah we're we're that good team now Mm -hmm. that we're going to get teams best shots yeah, yeah, they were ahead of almost every team in the SEC standings, so that means you're the one that they see as like, okay, yeah, well, we gotta we gotta get up past Missouri. That's who we're looking at. Yep. 
it's an opportunity to play against Missouri now. Well, we got to finish strong. I left this podcast last week on a on a positive note. Yeah, saying Missouri was going to win two games, saying we we're going to bounce back. It's all going to be it's all going to be peachy. I'm not sure I feel that optimism right now, but we're still it's okay. It's not yeah. it's not panic time. We're not on the bubble. We're going to be in the NCAA tournament. The good thing about this tournament, this upcoming NCAA tournament, is if you have if you are rooting for a team and you're not a fan of Gonzaga or Baylor, just basically plan on losing in the first round. Anything can happen. You just, you will absolutely set yourself up for disappointment if you think your team's going to make a run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Because outside of those two teams, anybody can beat anybody. Well, that's the thing about Missouri's history is we haven't haven't won a lot of NCAA tournament games, especially in the last 10 years. Just get us in. I'm not sure we've won a single game in the last 10 years. So if we can just get in the tournament, then it's all just just fun. Playing with house money. Exactly. But, uh, you know, Vegas still likes Missouri. Missouri is uh, third highest... Uh, third best odds to win the SEC tournament as of like yesterday, according to like Bet Online or something. You put some money on that? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> but uh, you know, I can see that. Don't the, bet on Missouri, folks. I can if Missouri can make it out of or the first. If Missouri can make it out of the first round, and if they can beat that middling Georgia, Mississippi State, whoever it is, they've proven they can beat Alabama. If they yeah, exactly, I think that they can. They can beat Arkansas. They can. They can beat Tennessee. As long as they're motivated, I no nobody is. Um, as a uh, impossible victory. That's about as positive as, we can, as we're going to get, I think. So we better end it right there. That's right. right. That's the most positive note we're going to get, I think. How, how'd we do? We, we, we spun it pretty well. Yeah. We, spun it, uh, we uh, did our best. But hang in there, guys. We're, season's almost over. We're about to hit some, some postseason basketball. I feel like we're the, we're the meme of the, like, the, ma- the smiling mask <laughs> pulled over the crying face. Like, everything's fine. <laughs> oh, you guys should have. Well, if we recorded the podcast last night, then we probably would have been a little more. We that crying face yeah. might have come. There would have been no mask. No yeah. mask. <laughs> yeah. No moss. All right. All right, everybody. That's all. That's all we got for you. Yep. You can find us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Body. You can email us at Missouri Sports at Gmail dot com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, missourisportspod.bigcartel.com. If you want to see the video version of the podcast, go over to YouTube and uh, subscribe there. Give us a like, comment. I'll reply. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week.